Welcome to the Live Treasure podcast brought to you by Treasured Ministries, where every week we coach you with steps of faith you can take today to change your tomorrow. And now on to today's show. All right. So today we are moving on in our mental health series for the month of May. May is Mental uh, Health Awareness Month. And so today our guest is Dr. Holly Spots. She's a clinical psychologist who specializes in women's mental health. She's the owner and founder of Full Cup Wellness, an entirely virtual private practice serving women in California, Mississippi, and Florida. She specializes in therapy for women who are over-functioning, anxious, and people-pleasing. She helps them discover their authentic self and create deeply fulfilling lives they love. And today, she's here to talk to us about self-care. Now, somebody may have told you that self-care is selfish, or worse, that it's not biblical, but that's not True, God rested on the seventh day after creation. He even wove a day of rest into the weekly rhythm of life inside the Ten Commandments by commanding a Sabbath day of rest on the fourth commandment. And Jesus lived his life uh, with intentionality on pausing to go up on the mountainside and pray. Uh, to inviting his disciples to retreat with him, to pausing from teaching, to feed the multitudes um, uh, from five loaves and two fish, to cooking breakfast for his uh, disciples. And so um, we see inside of scripture that this was modeled for us. But even though self-care is biblical and certainly beneficial to your, well, not even beneficial, it is essential to your mental health, there are barriers that we can experience to this blessing. And today, in part one of our podcast on self-care, Holly is going to talk to us about five barriers to self-care And next week in part two, she's going to provide practical insight on how to overcome these barriers so that you can pour out to others from a full cup. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Holly Spots to our Live Treasured podcast. Holly, welcome to the Live Treasured podcast. Thanks for uh, giving of your time and your wisdom to, to share with us today. Absolutely. I am so excited to be here. Fantastic. So so let's go ahead and just dive in. I want to just um, pick your brain a ton on this. So I want to start out with this. I love the name of your website, Full Cup Wellness. Um, so tell me a little bit more about the meaning behind that name. And that's also your Instagram handle, which, you know, I'm a big fan of your Instagram page. Um, mm-hmm. Why did you choose Full Cup Wellness to represent your practice? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think most people have heard of the popular saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
And it, it basically means you can't serve others well unless you serve yourself first and meet your own needs first. Um, and about sometime last year, um, no, I think it was last Christmas, I had sent my best friend a really special Christmas gift. And she texted me and said, my cup runneth over. And I thought, oh, that sounds familiar. And so I um, I looked it up in the Bible, and actually it, it, is, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament, um, this symbolism of the full cup. And so in Psalms 23, David says, my cup runneth over, or essentially my cup overflows. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so that, you know, really kind of got me thinking, like, as women, we are just always running on empty. We are the nurturers, we're the caretakers, we're the ones who are doing for everybody else. And, um, and we're empty and, and we're resentful because Mm -hmm. we're empty. Mm -hmm. We're angry, we're irritable. Um, and so I, I, I hear this a lot over and over from the women that come to my practice. So I really wanted to focus on the unique needs of women today um, who are living in our culture today with all the pressures that are on them and help them figure out um, how to, to take better care of themselves. Mm. Um, you know, traditionally women are the ones who, um, who take care of others, but now we have, you know, traditionally, I think women w- would stay at home and do that. So they had, they had the one job being the mom and wife and the home manager. But, but now, you know, women are also working as professionals and careers. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was this researcher in the seventies from Berkeley. I can't remember her name right now, but she coined the term, the second shift. Mm-hmm. And so basically you know, we work all day mm-hmm. and then we get home and we enter our second shift. And that might be grocery shopping, mm-hmm. cooking dinner, helping with homework, you know, ordering dog food off Amazon, whatever, just the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And and it's not that men don't um don't also help with some of these things, but it somehow has just become um it's just it's just the norm, I guess. It's just what what women kind of jump in to do, yeah. um, whereas men don't often think about those same things. And I'm sure it is just still socialization how we've been raised. Right, right. And I I think I heard somewhere that it takes 20 hours a week to manage a home, and that's without yeah. children. Yeah. So. The second shift, I mean, it's it is a whole nother job, right? That that yes. women um, come home uh, to doing. So, so self care is important in that aspect. Talk about the relationship between our self care and our mental health. Yeah. So I think you know it might be helpful to define self care first. Um, Great idea. And we can talk about you know how it's important to our mental health. So I think when people think about self care, they think about you know going to get a manicure or having a bubble bath or or having a shopping day with a friend, and all those things are wonderful and lovely. But 
But I'd like to propose that self-care is actually so much more than that. Mm. It really is about creating a physically and emotionally healthy and purposeful life that you don't have to check out of, right? And so sometimes we do those things to check out of our life because we're overwhelmed with stress. Mm -hmm. And so creating a life that we don't have to check out of Um, We want self-care to become a lifestyle, not an event. Oh my gosh, I love that. Holly, I've never thought of it that way. (laughs) Because if it becomes a lifestyle, then you don't have to to check out. um, and, And potentially... Like, it, like when I get stressed out, it's like, let me go grab a handful of chocolate chips. Right. You know, to do, which is okay, every day, but not like, you know, seven times a day. So um, I love that. It's not an event, but a lifestyle. Right. I love that. That's huge. And it's about huge. remaining connected to your own heart your own Mm -hmm. self and being honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think we so easily dismiss our own feelings and thoughts and desires um, because we are thinking of what's best for everyone else. And so it's really about just connecting with yourself and spending some time, you know, some real moments daily in solitude and self-reflection and thinking about who am I? What do I want? What do I like? What do I need? How do I feel? Um, what's important to me? Mm-hmm. And then really being compassionate with ourselves when we fall short. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's, um, there's a great book called Self-Love mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Megan Lo- Logan, Self-Love mm-hmm. Workbook for Women. And this, I saw this quote and I was like, oh, that's perfect definition of self-care. She says, it's about creating a life in which our choices and decisions nurture and reflect our true selves and values. So when we feel like we're in line with the person that we really are, mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to be wigging out. We're not mm-hmm. going to be having these crisis moments where we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I need to go get a massage. Because we, we've already spent the time caring for ourselves. And, you know, this isn't easy. This, this takes practice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes coaching to figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you know, self-care can help you manage stress, can lower your risk of illness, um, increase your energy, Um, so, you know, it can help us, uh, actually it can improve our relationships with others because as we're taking care of ourselves, um, we're putting less pressure on relationships. Yes. Yes. The weight of care, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not pushing that on others and our cups are full and so we can give to others. Um, and Mm so I couldn't, that's, that's really powerful too. Um, do you, do studies show, or do, do you find that women are more challenged than men to take time for self care? We talked a little bit about the different roles um, that men and women have, and the second shift. Um, do you yeah. does that does that sort of resonate with research? I've always wondered about that. 
You know, I've always wondered too, and I tried to do a little research and honestly, I I, I don't know. I'm not very sure about this, but, but here are my thoughts. Um, Even though men aren't doing as much of the second shift, the household management, the child rearing, um, I don't think that men are taking better care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So men have different challenges. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, men have been socialized to ignore physical and emotional pain, not mm-hmm. to take care of themselves through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as we know, we can't keep stuffing that pain down and expect it to disappear. It has to be dealt with. Right. So they they don't know how to do it any better than we do. They just end up doing it differently. Yeah. So what happens is men um, often try to deal with it by checking out and that might look like substance abuse, um, Mm -hmm. risk taking, workaholism, pornography. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if real self-care is checking in, then we, we all have a lot of growth to Mm -hmm. be done. Wow. That's okay. Real self-care is checking in, not checking out. That's so good. So good. Um, and and I love what you've brought out here that men just handle it different ways, and they and they have different they have different pressures. Um, that's that's good insight. So um, on your Instagram, which by the way, and I'm going to say this a zillion times because if you're listening and you've got an Instagram account, you need to go to at full cup of wellness and subscribe because it's like getting these great tips to um, to just tend to your soul. I love your Instagram. It is such <laughs> a gift and a blessing. So you need to get on that Instagram and go ahead and subscribe. But you had an Instagram post um, it recently that highlighted the top five barriers to, to self-care. Um, and it was so insightful. I could relate to, unfortunately, all five of them. And I'd mm-hmm. love to go over these because, like, when you're saying self-care is not an event, it's a lifestyle, I'm like, I just want to exhale and say, ah. Oh. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. can this really happen? <laughs> like, yeah. like, that would be great, right? You know, mm-hmm. but so it's so hard. And, but what's great about you highlighting these barriers is, you know, it gives us a, uh, a something to hold on to to understand why it's hard, so then we can address the root issues and then and then move forward because it is what the Lord wants for us. I mean, in the Ten Commandments, right in smack dab in the middle, Commandment number four, He told us to rest, and He weaves rest. I mean, just look at the day. There's a time for uh, daylight, and then there's a time for um, evening and rest. And so we we see this all over the Bible. Jesus practiced uh, pulling away, getting alone with the Father. He um, stopped and fed uh, the 5,000 with the five loaves and two fish. He fed his disciples breakfast when he first came and and saw them, and, and Jesus— most importantly, I think he was um, in line with God's will for his life. He wasn't jerked around by what other people wanted him to do. And so he certainly modeled this for us. Um, but there's barriers, which we know the enemy is going to always throw barriers to the will of of God, of the Father, for our life. And 
I loved these five barriers that you had because it was so insightful. So let's let's unpack these for our audience. Yeah. So the, what is the first barrier uh, that you talked about? Yeah. Yeah. The, so the first barrier is the myth of invulnerability okay. um, or invincibility. I don't need self-care. And that was certainly me too. I can relate to all of these as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, you know, um, self-care is a weakness. Mm-hmm. It means that I'm imperfect. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't I shouldn't need self-care. I got this. Mm-hmm. Right. I was raised to be a really strong woman who could do anything. I'm mm-hmm. uh, very hardworking mom. And and so that was my mindset. I I shouldn't need to rest, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously it didn't work out so well. Um, and thankfully, I realized that sooner than later, because um, we all need rest. We cannot survive without rest. It's yeah. it's essential. Yeah. 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 I I love that you said that. And it, and it does put us in this place of vulnerability. Um, It it truly does. But I just want to say to every woman out there that if God rested on the seventh day, where, like, where do we come off thinking that we, I mean, do you know what I mean? The Lord Mm -hmm. modeled this for us at the first, you know, the, the, the first, uh, thing that he did after he created the world was he he rested, um, and that rest is not shameful. Um, in fact, the Bible says that resting, that Sabbath, it is holy. It's holy, so it's not shameful. It's sacred. And if Jesus took time out of his ministry duties to pull away, then that gives us permission uh, to do it too. And it's almost, you know, I think that what helps me is if I look at that as um, a place of pride, like I don't I don't need to rest, I can, you know, mm-hmm. that that kind of flips it, you know, to say, you know, this is a good thing. Or if I look at it as this will help me to be a better mom, a better ministry leader mm-hmm. for Treasured Ministries, this will help me to give out to others. I think that that um, helps helps with that. Um, and, you know, and I, I know from my own life um, that because of trauma that I walked through growing up, and then my inner vow after that was, I will never depend on anybody again. So it's mm-hmm. almost like you live in this constant yes. state of doing and high alert and all of those things. And so resting is really a place of fear for me because I am mm-hmm. laying down my defenses um, mm-hmm. to, to, to just rest and uh, uh, do that. That makes but, a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I think also there's just, we all live in this culture right now where we're feeling so inadequate on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, when we look through social media and all we can see is these pictures, picture perfect lives and all this advice about um, how to better clean our house or how, what better foods to give our kids. And we, we feel so inadequate all the time that what it does is it, 
we, you know, we, we feel guilty when we mm-hmm. stop and care for ourselves because we feel like we're already behind. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we try harder and we please more. And, you know, when the, that seventh day goes away. Mm-hmm. So. Wow, that's super powerful. I've never thought about that, that social media calls us to this standard that we can't keep. Mm-hmm. And and also uh, um, makes us feel like that what that what we're doing is is not enough. That I think that is huge and and so true. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's move on to the second one. Yeah. So the second one is not knowing. Um, I I didn't have a good role model for teaching me self care, and I think this is probably most women for sure. Um, because we, they just didn't talk about that uh, in the generations that came before us. Mm-hmm. So this was definitely me. My my mom was super mom. She, um, when I was a child, she owned a restaurant, which was a 24-7 job. It was, wow. it was intense. Um, but she was also completely in charge of raising my brother and I. She did all the house cleaning. She did all the cooking. I mean, you name it. She she did it. Um, I think she tried to take care of herself, but it wasn't always supported. Mm-hmm. And so by family, by um, the culture that she lived in. And so it was kind of treated like um, she was being selfish, so, um, so I think she had that pressure on her, like she was really hard for her to step away. And if she didn't take care of all these things, they would fall apart and other people would suffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I, my role model was, um, was my mom, of course, and, and she would encourage me to take good care of myself. She still does. Um, but, but the, what she showed me, the example she showed me told me otherwise. Yeah. So I have this little voice going, oh, it's okay. You should take a break. Take care of yourself. But then I think, oh my gosh, my mom did so much. I, I need to need to measure up. Yeah. 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 I can certainly um, relate to that. My kids are in college now and, um, and I wish I had done a better job of that when they were younger, um, modeling that that self care for them. And and for anybody who's listening out there, and for whatever reason, you know, self care wasn't modeled for you. The good news is, is that Jesus models it for you, and God models it for you. And so we can look to our heavenly Father, and we can see. Um, where that space of of rest and making that lifestyle that just centers on what does God want me to do, that is clearly in in the Word. Um, What about the next one? Yeah, the next one is um, a misinformed. Isn't self-care selfish? And that is a big one. And I really struggled to get past that one. And many, many women do. Um, aren't we supposed to be selfless? You know, aren't we supposed to die to self? And I think that these are some of the things that can often be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. So, um, the, you know, for me, I, I, I rarely took care of myself up until 
a few years back, I was the one who wouldn't spend any time, energy, or money to care for myself, um, at least until everyone else was taken care of. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The needs of others are endless. So there was never a time. So I ended up, you know, feeling really guilty. If I did do something, um, I was exhausted. I was depressed. I was anxious, overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. resentful, uh, you name it, out of shape and pain. Um, And so once I learned that my relationships would actually improve if I took better care of myself, looking at the consequences that I was experiencing having not taken care of myself, I was in. I was like, okay, so I can do something for me that's also going to benefit them. Well, that that kind of helps me um, mm-hmm. rationalize this for myself. So self-care is done with the intention of caring for yourself, not with the intention to harm or take from others. When we think about the word selfish, we're assuming that we are, that there's some desire to take from others. Mm -hmm. Um, And that simply isn't the case here. We are taking care of ourselves so that we can be we can, our cup can spill over and we can serve and take care of others. And, um, and so we can show up in relationships without getting triggered over all kinds of little things and be able to effectively and maturely communicate. Um, we don't want to project our feelings onto everybody else. Whereas selfishness is, you know, is me, me, me. It's, um, it's a mentality that it's all about my needs and my wants and complete disregard for others. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a huge difference mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That is so good. That is so good. I love the way that you, that you broke that down. And it, it's really that perspective shift in mm-hmm. seeing this as taking care of yourself so that you can pour pour out to others, um, and that it's mm-hmm. it's not selfish at all. And on the flip side, what could be selfish is if you didn't do that, and then you're triggered all right. the time, you're angry, you're resentful. That could be, you know, if if we look at it that way, then I think it helps to alleviate that lie. That that self care um, that self care is is selfish. Okay, the next. So one, let me give you yeah, like yeah. A, an example of what that might look like. So, like, say I'm I'm noticing that I'm snapping at my family. You know, I'm irritated. I'm um, I'm just not responding in love, and um, and I'm I notice this. And so instead of just continuing on and feeling and just figuring that like, well, everybody's going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I decide to hit pause and connect with myself. Mm-hmm. And so this just takes a minute or two, but I ask myself, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Well, angry. I'm feeling angry. That's the first thing that comes up, right? I'm angry. No one's doing what I want. I'm angry. Okay. So anger is a secondary emotion. So I have to ask myself, what feelings are underneath that anger? So the primary feelings, what comes first, 
we often don't want to allow ourselves to sit with because Mm -hmm. it feels vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But if we challenge ourselves and go, what is the primary feeling that I'm feeling? Inadequate. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling inadequate. Okay. What caused me to feel so inadequate right now? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of scan your day. Ah, I remember. I started shaming myself this morning when I burnt the kids' toast at breakfast, Mm -hmm. and I went straight to, why can't I do anything right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So my thoughts, uh, shaming myself, why can't I do anything right, led to my feelings of inadequate, which led to my behavior of taking it out on my family. Mm. So the next step is, well, what's the truth about me? Mm -hmm. Or what's God's truth about me? Mm -hmm. And so I could think, well, I'm not perfect. It's okay to make mistakes. It makes me human. I'm still lovable and worthy. What do I want? Well, I want to feel like I'm enough. Yeah. So what can I say to myself right now Mm -hmm. to meet my own need? Mm -hmm. So then the self-compassion comes in. Then you get to be your own best friend. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing the best you can. Mm -hmm. You're a wonderful mother. Mm -hmm. The fact that you care about what your kids are eating shows me just how much you care about them. Mm -hmm. So now I'm feeling calmer. Yeah. I've self-regulated. I've yeah. identified the problem. I've honed in on that feeling. I've asked myself what the truth is. And now I can return to being with my family and I'm likely going to be much more present and connected having taken that time for myself. Man, that is that is fantastic. I love that. And you know the important thing about what you just shared is that it begins with the pause mm-hmm. and you've, you've got to stop and you've got to go deeper and, and process. And, you know, one of the things that I love in the Bible is that Jesus consistently asked the disciples questions and we have to do that, you know, which is what you just did. We have to do that with ourselves um, and knowing that the Lord is is leading us, but um, you know when the disciples are freaking out in the boat, Jesus asked mm-hmm. them, "Why are you afraid?" And and that's a sin. Why am I angry? You know, mm-hmm. and that and going going deeper into that to get to the root uh, of of what's going on, so that we can just process those thoughts and to sh- to shift to shift the direction. Um, and it really is, you know, living out of that reaction of, of emotion can be, um, it, it's, it's, not diff, it's not easy to pause. But no. one of the things, too, and I'm bringing this up again because I learned it on your Instagram, but <laughs> you, said, you said that when a strong emotion hits, um. And I can't remember the time link, but it, it will last for and I 90, can't, 90 seconds. 90 seconds. So if mm-hmm. we can pause in that 90 seconds and and go away and pull away mm-hmm. and then process through, um, we can get to the root issue. Um, and so I thought I thought that that was 
that was brilliant um, to yes. to just remind us of that. Um, this 90 too seconds. shall pass. Yes. It's just an emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, the, if I can stop and let myself feel the emotion and understand the emotion, where it's coming from, I'm much more likely to get through this um, more quickly and get right back in there to enjoying my day. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Good. So, okay, so, so the next, next one. one. Yep. T- time constraints. So I am too busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, women wear this badge of busyness. It, mm-hmm. As if it's a good thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's not their fault. I think we live in this hustle culture where um, our worth is defined by how much we can produce. Yeah. That is what's valued in our society. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we what, what's underneath that busyness is actually just trying harder and harder to be enough. Yes. Yeah. Make more money to have kids who excel in multiple sports and activities. You know, we're just hustling for our worthiness. Mm. So stopping to take care of ourselves feels like we're headed in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a mindset issue. We have to stop and acknowledge that that um, we don't want to be driven by society's needs and expectations we want to be connected to ourselves and our values and our and our belief and be able to um be intentional about what how we want to live our lives yeah yeah and and so i i love that and so if if you're feeling that place where where you are too busy again it's it's time to pause and it's time to really Mm -hmm. seriously look at what what are you doing and and I think why why are you doing this? Are you doing mm-hmm. you know the the uh, the soccer club because your child so wants to play soccer and loves it and that's a part of their heart or do you feel like you have to do it because it's what every parent in the neighborhood is doing? I mean, really like ask yourself those questions. And, um, and I think too, I think a key part of all of this, which goes back to, you know, the, the counseling that you provide is that a lot of times we're just running and doing. And so we don't even know like what, like, what is it that God has called us to? And so we're putting all these things on our plate that social media is telling us to put on our plate. And it may, may not be God's will for us. One thing that I really need to do in my own life is just begin to appreciate that there's so much extraordinary in the ordinary moments of life and to really treasure those as beautiful, eternal accomplishments rather than, you know, accolades um, from the world. And I think that that can help uh, just sort of, you know, getting our schedules down to where they're more honoring of the purpose that God has created us for. And I think like, you know, that that takes time. And and it's also this shift from self-care being an event, but a lifestyle. 
I, mm-hmm. I'm going to be plastering that all over my <laughs> bathroom mirror. I'm going to get out my favorite shade of lipstick and just write it on my bathroom mirror because that is so huge. All right. So let's, let's move on to the next, the next yeah. one. Okay. So the last one, the last barrier is wishful thinking. Let's just hope it works out. And this is absolutely something I've been guilty of as well. Um, wishful thinking rarely works out. Mm-hmm. So we have to be intentional. If mm-hmm. if I say, oh, if I have time today, I'll go to the gym. Well, there is always something more on our to-do list. And without a plan in place, scheduling the workout in, I'm not going to go do it. Mm-hmm. So... You know, taking time each morning to be real with yourself, to be intentional about what you want this day to be about. What do you want to accomplish? What mindset do you need to put yourself in? What help do you need? Um, and, And then once you've got it kind of structured or scheduled, then it's so much easier to to get those those things in. So scheduling it is is key, and just yeah. that intentionality of of doing it. And I think that's important. It's it's not just going to happen. Um, I I know for years I wanted other people like my husband to give me that permit. Do you know what I mean? Like to say, let's go and do this because then Mm -hmm. he would be like, I wouldn't, I didn't have to choose to do it because I felt so guilty about um, resting Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so then I would be resentful, like when they didn't Mm -hmm. invite me to do it. But really what women need to see and to praise God for is that God's already sent you the invitation Mm -hmm. to rest. He's already done that. It's all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture. But because, but God is never going to force you Mm -hmm. to rest because He he gives you that choice. And so choice means I have to be intentional about opening up that gift that God wants us to to open, and that's that gift of, um, of of rest. And so that it doesn't just happen, you have to be intentional. Um, I love that. And putting right. it on your calendar. I don't do that. I don't write it down um, on my calendar. I say I need to get all this stuff done first, and then I can. It's mm-hmm. almost like I feel like I have to earn it. And That's exactly what I used to do. Um, thankfully I had a wonderful friend who was like, no, we're going to go and we're going to go to this bar class or whatever it was, you know, you, you pick the class, but we're going to go. So you, you pick it and we're going to put it on the schedule. We're going to do it. I don't care what's going on. And I loved it so much. And and I just realized like how many times I have put myself self aside um, for someone else and how much I'm suffering for it. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of got me on a better track of, of scheduling things in. And doing them. But, you know, ultimately it is our responsibility. We, no one's going to rescue us. We have mm-hmm. to 
we have to change things for ourselves, make that choice. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, I, I hear a lot um, different couples saying, you know, well, we, we want to get, we want to get healthy together, but you know, then my husband, um, he didn't want to go to the gym this day. And then, you know, I felt like I couldn't go cause he didn't want to go. And now I'm really mad at him resentful because he screwed up my plan. And, you know, we have to take responsibility and we have, if someone else doesn't want to go with us, we have to just still stick with our plan and do what's best for us. Yeah. 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 That's so critical. That's so critical. I love that. I love that. And it's also freeing because you can change. I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't change other people. Um, Right. I, you know, tried for many years to like, mm-hmm. doesn't work, but you yes. can change you. You can change right. you. And taking ownership over that is, um, is, is so important. So that wraps up part one of our podcast on self-care. Join me next week for part two as Holly shares practical steps you can take to overcome these five barriers we discussed today. And in doing so, you'll be able to pour out to others from a full cup and live with joy and love others as God intended. Have a great day and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.